You're listening to the Bitcoin and Marcus podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this late breaking news story in Bitcoin. Uh, Bitmain, Jihan Wu, the, the hostile miner out there that's been blocking upgrades to the network, has come out with a blog post threatening a hard fork to split the network. And so I wanted to bring this news to you because I have in the past talked a lot about the user activated soft fork and Segwit 2x. Um, and I was one of the first people to talk about the user activated soft fork. So I think that this is, um, you know, important for you guys, my listeners, to hear. I'm going to read some of this stuff and go through it. Try to keep it short and sweet since this is just an initial read through of this document. Okay, so I linked in the show notes to the original blog post and also to the archive version because um, when I tried to go back a couple minutes later, I the page wouldn't load for me. So just in case, I put the archive version in there. Um, this blog post starts out with some definitions, which by themselves aren't bad. Uh, they're not. Uh, they're not wrong. They seem to be okay. Then we go on to the background information, and they start talking about this New York agree- scaling agreement, and that they invited Bitcoin Core uh, representatives of Bitcoin Core, which I like. This they 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 have been doing throughout this piece. They did better saying representatives of Bitcoin Core or Bitcoin Core contributors, Bitcoin Core developers, not Core as some like monolithic thing, or comparing it to or uh, equating it to Blockstream. Okay, anyway. Um, Representative of Bitcoin Core declined the invite uh, to attend this meeting, which is not completely true. They said they would be happy to attend if the agenda, if there was like no agenda here. Like, so if they'd be happy to come and talk, but they're never going to sign any agreement behind closed doors. They're never going to support that. If that's what they want to do here, if that's what's going to come out of it, they're not going to support that, which is a highly highly principled position and so they didn't go that, that's according to eric lombroso and um, adam back i think had a tweet about like he can't go if it's already been decided that they're going to reach some sort of agreement there so um bit and then they say bitmain is a supporter of the agreement the software project which is addressing the New York agreement has been under active development and will likely deliver consensus rule change called Segwit 2X. The test net for Segwit 2X is already live. Alpha version of the software will be released on June 16th and everything is still on time. That is kind of true, but that's because they June 16th isn't here yet. That's in two days, right? Like, yeah, they've done one thing. They've created a test net, which is fucking... Seriously, you change... I think a total of, I don't know, a dozen numbers from three to five. That's it. That's the only thing they fucking accomplished. And they're still debating like how Segwit works. And on the block size, because if you get into here, get, get as we go farther into here, that two megabyte hard fork is not the last hard fork. So then they link to this and they do link to a mailing list, which is very important because I've been looking for that. I've heard there was a private mailing list, the public one that Jeff Garzik, the lead developer of this movement, um, has had put out there was not good because there was one post on it. And I was about to post on there saying, hello. But yeah, that's good that they put that in there. I might uh, go check that out here soon today. 
Um, despite this agreement, the New York agreement, the user activist software astroturfing movement continues to get lots of airtime on censored forums. That's a trigger word. If, somebody, if it says it's censored, like, uh, go to another fucking forum, brother. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't spew your propaganda on one forum, go to another forum. What's the problem? Many of which are controlled by a single anonymous individual. Many of the software developers who work in the project, uh, in the software project called Bitcoin Core, are also supporting it. That is true, but Bitcoin Core is has not merged it. They might personally support it, but they, you know, they haven't supported it as part of their software. That's a huge difference, I think. Um, okay, Bip one forty eight. Uh, poses a significant risk for the Bitcoin ecosystem. So we are preparing a contingency plan to protect the economic activity on the Bitcoin blockchain from this threat. So significant risk. Jimmy Song, Greg Sleepak, all of these other people out there, uh, all these anonymous handles out there that are talking about, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, where's the support? Even Sysmet uh, from... Bitfury was saying has like no support. And right here, they're saying it's a significant risk. And that's my one of my main points about the user activate software is that it doesn't ever have to activate. It is so dang risky that it's going to force these people to activate it prior to August 1st or activate SegWit prior to August 1st. Um, and so now they're, they're preparing a contingency plan to protect the economic activity of the Bitcoin blockchain from this quote-unquote threat it's just a bunch of new users man running their nodes pointing their hash power at a certain pool certain endpoint that you know signals their their wants the new york agreement is also continuously and intentionally sabotaged by a group of software developers working on bitcoin core that is so not true like the only real code that's been merged is from shaolin fry and James Hillard, two core developers. They're the only ones producing this code, making changes to the code. They're the only ones coding for this whole thing. Jeff Garzik is just throwing up uh, walls to everything. Unless there's like some secret development going on that's not public. And I know that Cord tries to do this stuff sometimes in public. Like um, they pointed out some bugs in BU to the BU guys in private. Because they don't want to, like, that's ethical. They don't want to tell the world all of these bugs out there, right? <sighs> okay, going on. We must also be prepared for the disruptive risk that user activate software activation will bring to the Bitcoin network. The user agreement is very uh, conservative. The New York agreement is very conservative and aimed at bringing peace within the Bitcoin community on a simple but artificially escalated scale issue. I some, uh, if somehow the New York agreement cannot prevent a chain split, we will have to be prepared. For the purpose of this blog post, uh, the purpose of this blog post is to announce our user-activated hard fork contingency plan for the user-activated software. So first off, it's, it's not a user-activated hard fork. It's a bitmain activated hard fork. A minor activated hard fork it's not a user activated hard fork get the fuck out of here total double speak okay so let's go on according to this they say they're bip 140 uh, bip 148 it's true on tuesday august 1st at 12 
a.m. GMT. They put the epic time in there. Um, they will. That's when it will activate, or the user activate software will activate. BIP 148 nodes will begin to orphan Bitcoin blocks not signaling BIP 1. If there is hash power supporting the 148 chain, it does not need to be a hash rate majority to allow the chain to be extended. Even if there is only one person solving hashes by hand, given enough time, the BIP 148 chain can be extended by another block. According to the existing hash rate distribution, some well-known mining pool operators have stated they will support the user activated software by allowing miners choice, although their hash their total hash rate is not enough to secure a majority. That is so cool. I mean, so they're saying slush pool right here, right? Because on slush pool, you can vote and they've said that they want to give you the option of which chain you want to mine on. That's pretty freaking cool. And all the props to slush pool guys that they are doing hero's work for sure. A company hiring many crucial Bitcoin protocol developers controls some of its own small hash rate known uh, now, according to its CEO. So maybe that's Blockstream. I haven't heard that. Um, they have a small hash rate. There's also, I mean, that's just slush pool. He was talking about just slush pool, but like I said, you don't know. You don't know what hash rates out there. When push comes to shove, Bifuri might, right? Um, it depends on what the economic nodes tell us here shortly. Who's going to be mining for the 148 chain? So um, the, you don't know this. Uh, so the Bitcoin is at high risk of being split on August 1st. BIP 148 is very dangerous for exchanges and other businesses. There is no sign of significant economic support behind 148. And when it uh, is alive as a blockchain, the economic support would most likely be based on speculation. Exactly. That's what most of <laughs> this economic support is based on, man. I mean, store of value and like the future value of it, right? Oh, man. The mining activity behind a user-activated software chain may stop without notice, and investors who buy in the 148 propaganda may lose all their investment. Any exchanges, this is a very important sentence, any exchanges that decide to support a user-activated software token after the forking point need to consider the stagnation risk attached to it, and also the other way. That, that is one of my biggest points here. If I'm an exchange, and I'm looking at what is going to be BTC after August 1st? Because if I sit there and I let trading happen on my platform and I'm trading, it's the legacy chain, right? Um, and there is a, say, 10% chance of reorg, of losing all that economic activity that happened. And there's all sorts of legal issues involved and, you know, just customer relations, trading, uh, trading a BTC uh, as a legacy or legacy as BTC, I mean, that could cause a lot of problems if it ever gets reorked. And what is their, like, risk threshold? Well, I would say probably half a percent, maybe less. Because their choice, Bitfinex, Bitstamp, Kraken, Coinbase, some of these other big exchanges, even the, you know, the Japanese exchanges and all that, uh, they have control of their destiny. If they came out and said the user activates software, would be BTC. There would be no risk of the reorg. And especially now, Jihan's making it super fucking easy. Because he's like, we're just going to fork off. Right? If this user activated software happens, we're just going to fork off. That definitely leaves the legacy chain. Like, they now the exchanges have to come out and say the user activated software is going to be BTC. Because what else is there going to be? There is going to be no legacy. I mean, 
if those 30%, there's 30, 35, up to 40 sometimes percent of the hash power that's signaling for bit one SegWit. And then you have the 40% that's going with Bitmain on their hard fork. Like there, there's no legacy chain left in there. 20% is going to stay legacy. I, I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. So these exchanges have a very easy choice now. They have to make bit uh, the 48 coin BTC on August 1st. Maybe Bitmain even got wind that they were going to be offering this. And then they, you know, talked to big players, some whales and the whales were like, yeah, we're interested in 148. We think it's going to be, it's going to have SegWit right away. Not have this centralization of these miners. And, you know, uh, we're very interested in this. Um, so maybe Bitmain had got caught wind of that. I think these exchanges aren't sitting back. You know, they're very competent. They're out there talking to each other, making agreements, probably signing some paperwork themselves, which is fine because they're private businesses. They're doing their, they're doing their work. But when you're trying to make choices for the entire Bitcoin community, that's different. So they're making these deals and, and all this. And maybe they were about, maybe it was like tomorrow or the next day, they were going to come out with a agreement that said something very favorable to user activated software. And so Bitmain had to come out and say, we're going to hard fork this, you know, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of things that could be happening behind the scenes that we, we just see the major announcements of, but I expect after this, there's an announcement coming from the exchanges within the week. And this also makes me kind of like wondering about what DeSantis knows. Because he said, like yesterday, I think he said, this is going to be a very exciting week. So I don't know what, if he was talking about the ICOs in Ethereum, if he's talking about Bitmain and the exchanges, who, who knows what he knows. Okay, anyway, then he goes into the Jihan Bitmain, this blog posting, goes into the replay protection, which that was Greg Sleepak's big thing. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, transactions. Okay, no replay protection on the 148 chain. Or the legacy chain, or the legacy chain, or the goddamn legacy chain. It's not like this is an asymmetric threat against the 148. There's no replay protection on either side. Transactions will be broadcast on both chains, and users cannot prevent them from being confirmed on both. Yes, they can if there's minority hash rate, like there's going to be difference in block times. So they can replace by fee if they want to on the user activate software side. And that, that does take some more technical know-how, but... There's going to be a major difference here. Uh, okay. Exchanges must stop withdrawals and deposits at the forking point uh, for some time and deploy their own coin splitting methods. The user activated software chain presents a risk of the original chain being wiped out. If there is no contingency plan, all economic activity that occurs on the original chain after the user activated soft fork forking point will face the risk of being wiped out this is exactly what i've been saying this has disastrous consequences for the entire bitcoin ecosystem user activated soft fork is an attack against users and enterprises who disagree with activating segwit right now without a block size increase which is a very important clause in the hong kong agreement blah 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 the chain reorg risk is more significant than imagined or i think they meant imagined but they said imaged uh, as analyzed by peter r Ryzen, I think his last name is. He's the Bitcoin Unlimited president from what I understand. 
Um, and this is an interesting formula. You guys can look at this, but basically they're saying that if there's a 25% hash rate for uh, user activated soft fork, there's an 11% chance of reorg. I think it's probably higher than that. That is uh, just some Peter R math, which we all know is not always the best, but it's important that he says that it's more significant because again, the exchanges need to worry about this. It's, it is really a choice now between user activated soft fork and hard fork, which I've been saying. Okay. So now they're talking about their user activated hard fork. Uh, we can find the spec at a link that they provided. Um, it's supposed to be 12 hours and 20 minutes after the user activated soft fork activates. Uh, there, there is a must be big rule in the hard fork. So what they're doing is they're setting a minimum of one megabyte, which is interesting when you think about ASIC boost, which I haven't seen people talk about this before because ASIC boost has to be with very small blocks, right? Like very small, maybe a dozen transactions, something like that. So 20 to 80 kilobytes. And, uh, if they're making a minimum of one megabyte, that's it. I have, I'll have to think about that a little bit more, but with a maximum of eight megabytes. So where, what happened to the, to the Hong Kong or not the Hong Kong, the New York agreement, obviously he's admitting right here in this blog post that the SegWit 2X hard fork was a attempt to stop the user activated software from happening. He's admitting that and he's abandoning it if it fails to stop the user activated software, which it cannot, he doesn't understand. It cannot stop the user activated software. It's happening. And that's one reason why I was saying weeks ago, trying to drill it into people's head that this, this software is happening. The software is happening. This UASF is happening. It's coming because once you realize that it cannot be stopped, it's a decentralized thing with thousands and thousands of people. It's going to happen that it changes the scenario. Um, okay, blah, 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 blah. Let me look through this. So yeah, they're, they're going to say that initially there's going to be a two megabyte soft limit that they will abide by, but the maximum is actually eight megabytes. Um, the block size will not be part of a hard coded consensus rule for us in the future. After the fork block, miners who generate large blocks will be punished by economic incentives, but not lim but, uh, but not limiting the block size. There will be replay protect, uh, protection that is available for exchanges and wallet developers. You can find the spec here. So everybody has to upgrade multiple times. Everybody, every single wallet provider, every exchange, every business out there that spent two years grinding it out. Every ATM is going to have to upgrade. Everybody is going to have to upgrade in six weeks and be ready and trust this code that has not been tested. When are they supposed to do this? Are they supposed to do it now? Now that they've released this, or are they supposed to test it first and then testing, you know, how long are they going to test it? A couple weeks. Then you have only a month to deploy it and everybody has to be on board. And what, uh, it's, oh my God. Ugh. I, guys, I don't know. This is just so nuts. This is like basically conceding it to these active software. Bitmain will use some of its own hash rate and work with develop 
with the developer community to have a contingency plan based on the user activate hard fork. We will develop options for miners to voluntarily join us, but they're not like publishing that. Bitmain will mine the chain for a minimum of 72 hours after the 148 forking point with a certain percentage of hash rate supplied by our own mining operations. So this point was brought up on the user activate soft fork Slack where, so this, this hash rate that they're, they're, ah, let me, how do I explain this? They are saying that they will take some hash rate no matter what and put it towards this hard fork. Um, so that will disappear off of the network. They're not saying they'll take all of it. They say a certain percentage here. Quote, certain percentage. So that will disappear. Maybe that will go into attacking 148. But we don't know. Maybe they will go and mine 148 just in case, right? Because they don't want to be left behind. So they are going to put a portion of their hash rate to mining 148 just in case. Because they don't want to be left out. They'll make sure, say, say, uh, uh, BIP 148 has 10% support by then, right? Or 20. They're going to put a proportion of the hash rate there in the same proportion of their hash rate of total network just to make sure that they get they don't lose out, right? That's my opinion. Bitmain will likely not release immediately the mined blocks to the public unless circumstances call for it, which means that Bitmain will mine such chain privately first. Oh my God. So it's a, it's a pre-mine. We intend in the following situation to release the mined blocks to the public. That goes through some things there. You can look at it. Basically it's going to be a pre-mined coin. Once Bitmain starts to mine a user activated hard fork chain publicly, we will mine it persistently and ignore short-term economic incentives. So if that means if the coin is going down in value versus the user activated uh, soft fork coin is going up in value. They'll ignore that short term, which that's bullshit. I doubt it. I'll believe that when I see it. I mean, they're stalling. They've been stalling for two years. They're going to continue stalling. <laughs> they want the fees, man. Oh my God. These guys shooting themselves in the foot here. So then they go on to talk about their roadmap the roadmap includes all of these things that Core is going to be doing, like Schnorr signatures. Uh, they do say extension blocks. Um, they say some, like a lightning type thing. Because they say we might not ever do SegWit. Let me try to find that here. Later, we will support the activation of SegWit on the user activated hard fork chain if there is no patent risk associated with SegWit and if the arbitrary discount rate of witness data segment is removed. So I told you this about uh, this witness spam where so segregated witness, you know, it has two kind of classes, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm going to butcher this technically, but I'll give you the main idea. Um, the SegWit has two classes of data, the transaction data and the witness data. The one megabyte limit is applied to the transaction data, but the witness data doesn't naturally have a, a limit. They had to put a limit in there because people would just spam it with hundreds and hundreds of signatures or whatever and clog it up, make it 100 megabytes. And then that defeats this whole purpose because it would scale really, really badly. Well, so Core put in a limit on the SegWit side, the, the witness through what's called a witness discount. And so they're saying that they will do segregated witness if the arbitrary discount rate is removed. So they want to be able to spam the network, make it as big as possible to centralize it more. 
So they're not even letting Segwit go through. They have no, like, they have no uh, intention on activating this Segwit 2X. It is dead. Absolutely dead. And anybody that thinks that this Segwit 2X thing is alive is ignorant. Then they go, yeah, they talk about extension blocks and Schnorr signatures and probably this mast, you know, which is the aggregation of these signatures. Um, basically use all cores work. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, the BU developers are not going to be doing any of this hardcore technical shit. They can't even get a fork right. Let alone getting uh, any of this new stuff in. It's just ridiculous. So that that's the whole article. I hope you guys got something out of this, and it wasn't just me blabbering. But uh, thank you for listening. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>